Welcome to the Real Money Show. The number to start investing off the top one eight seven seven eight silver. It's guildhallwealth.com online. Precious metal advisor, penned by Darren Long, and the investor kit are available there as well. You should also find out and learn how to use registered funds, savings plans, RSPs, TFSAs, RESP, LIF, RIF, Lira, and so many more to invest in physical metals. We'll get to that a little later on the show. And always the e store at the top right corner. Hey guys, how are you, Darren? Looking alive. Feeling alive. Nice. It's a cold day today, but <laughs> uh, got up nice and early. And uh, if it were not for the cold weather, I would have been on the slopes today with my daughter. But being that the case was uh, a different story for this morning, here I am on the show. So for Thursday, we are doing this show, and it is one of the first cold, cold days of this winter. And uh, as we talk here, price of gold trading at around just twelve fifty an ounce, nice. and silver around fifteen eighty. Two, both metals had really good weeks. Yep, both metals are, are definitely up. And if you look at the overall picture, uh, there is only but one in a sea of probably 100, 150 different types of investments. There's only one other major investment, and that's the VIX index, which is a measurement of gold standard. That's gained more this year so far. Both gold and silver are traversing higher on speculation that there's going to be a need to protect yourself further. And we talk about insurance on the show. So it should come as no surprise that given the relative weakness in the stock markets the world over and the amount of headlines telling us the fact and uh, the words of Yellen this week, the Federal Reserve chairperson that told us, well, she was, I wouldn't say bullish on the marketplace and indicated that there would be, um, you know, certainly uh, a need to review the idea of higher interest rates, and it looks like everybody's jumping on the bandwagon. Basically, Bank of America says to stay long gold until about 1375, and they say that 1550 is a possibility right now, and I don't see any reason why. We will fill the gaps, meaning the price could, uh, over the course of the next two days, present some different buying opportunities within a percent of where the price is on the lower side. But we definitely have seen the tides turn. We're looking for confirmation in the stock market in terms of the mining stocks. They have started forging ahead at, at very, very quick pace. And of course, we're seeing again the Dow and most of the major stock indexes around the world uh, continue to either stagnate or lose ground as we speak. So, you know, with a barrel of oil at 26.86 right now and uh, down about, give or take, 2% on the day and not getting any better, yeah, it's going to be cheaper to drive, but uh, it's certainly not correlating with the price of gold in any respect like that. So I think if we look at gold in the overall picture, I think it'll extend much higher than the price is right now over the next uh, 12 months. And I think that we're going to talk and spend some time today in the show uh, discussing that. If we look at Goldman Sachs, for example, they're calling also for gold to be much higher. And it's it's interesting that all of a sudden the company that said that gold was going to break below $1,000 has quickly changed their tune to mm. say that gold is going to be much, much higher than, than $1,200. So I, want, I, I do wonder what is behind that motivation there. Of course, gold is for safe haven, but the, the other aspect of this is that it's about a lack of counterparty risk. When you own gold, you, you don't have counterparty risk. And we're talking physical gold in your hand or in a depository where you have easy access and have that liquidity of being able to buy and sell on a phone call. The fact is, is that there's a lot of risk out there in the system, whether it's negative interest rates bringing down uh, collateral on, on central banks' books, whether it's the fact that so many 
countries are are heavily heavily indebted that there are major major risks coming down the the pipe and people uh, specifically central bankers don't necessarily know how to deal with it uh, you know ask anyone on the street they would have a tough time dealing with this eventually you get to a point where you can't pay off these debts mm. and so the risks do start to come down the pipe we have to protect ourselves against that and this is an opportunity to grow wealth in the sense that once you've protected your wealth, you now have the capital that you can buy other things that have become undervalued along the way. We've said over the course of the last year, while the Canadian dollar started to come down, that gold and silver were extremely undervalued. They continue to be undervalued at this point, but we do we do see down the road eventually they won't be undervalued. You'll be able to sell off some of the product and be able to buy things that have become undervalued. And what I mean by that is that we have a lot of people coming to Guildhall saying, you know, the stock market's really has been really high. Um, you know, we're looking for value. We see the risk in the market, and gold and silver become an obvious choice. Interesting thing, though, Jeremy. Um, we had a seminar on the weekend uh, for RSPs and mm-hmm. TFSAs, and we had a you know nice little turnout. Uh, I think fifty percent of the people that showed up actually invested in an RSP wow. or a TFSA, which shows you that people are listening to our show. And they've been listening for a long, long time and have not been, you know, active or, you know, they've kind of been in the markets or they're in real estate, the markets that they know. The interesting thing is that the people over the last couple of months, since probably December, since we've been bringing a lot of people into RSPs and TFSAs and any other type of pension plan, are starting to make money by where they've purchased gold and silver. For example, as Darren said, you know, silver's trading around about fifteen eighty an ounce. That's the bid price. That's not the ask price, which would be around about sixteen twenty, sixteen thirty US, and around about twelve hundred and sixty dollars ask on the US price for gold. Now, you know, when people are in the in their RSPs, they really don't look at it too much. It's it's a long term thing, but. When you start getting those statements over the last three, four months, you're going to be throw, as you probably were throwing up on your shoes. You're going to be doing it for sure because the stock market has been taking one hell of a beating. Whether it's the U.S. stock market, the Canadian stock market, uh, Europe, uh, whether it's the CAC, whether it's the FTSE, they're all getting beaten up, and everybody seems to be going to that safe haven, which is gold and silver. So. As we've had one of our guests on before, Gerald Salenti, he always says, gold is for my golden years, and we believe that. And this is a great, great opportunity to, you know, you've got till February the 29th to get invested into an RRSP. TFSA you can do all year round, but for every $5,000 US that you invest right now with Guildhall, with our partners in this, Quest Trade, you will receive one gram of gold free with the investment. One eight seven seven eight silver online to guildhallwealth.com. Bull market hasn't returned here. I think it has. You know, if you look at the numbers across the board, we had basic buy ranges that we thought were reasonable with respect to the correction. That correction stemmed some four to five years, given the fact that we hit these peaks in gold and silver in 2011, came down from there into the trough periods or consolidation periods as we referred to them. And of course, both of those levels, one in gold was set at around just over a thousand, while the price in silver was a little more hard to tackle, but we said somewhere between 13 to 14, we thought that that would be an ideal buy range. And of course, 
It bottomed out to around 1380 and we've risen off of those lows and it's confirmation certainly in the first respect that we have seen those lows, we've seen those bottoms and we've bounced off them comfortably and I'm confident when I say that although I said earlier in the show we could see a correction of 1-2% to on pricing which is called filling the gaps between where it took off from and where it is now today, uh, I suspect that over the next week or so we will get solid confirmation that indeed we have seen a return to this bull market. And with that in in mind, we have to take a look at what we saw in 2015. In today's show, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, what we're going to see in terms of trends. So we'll spend uh, a better part of the next segment in the fourth segment talking about gold demand trends and how gold and silver react in a bull market. But there was a lot of turbulence, as you all know, as listeners, investors, in the year 2015, but there was also a lot of demand. And although I've read across the board uh, different types of analysis when it comes to what the World Gold Council put out this week in terms of gold demand trends for the full year of 2015, I've had probably 50% of the headlines say that gold demand was flat, and I've had about 50% of the gold uh, headlines say regarding this article that gold demand you know, it was it was bolstering the price. In, in other words, it was maintaining its value rather than falling into the abyss or, or falling down to what Goldman Sachs would be thought might be $1,000 an ounce or lower. And we'll also talk about something you brought to our attention, uh, John, an article about five of six Goldman Sachs recommendations nice, this year. Right? So we'll do that. Yeah, I did a little homework. You I, know. Don't, I think you should. It's a, it's a good thing, right? <laughs> You're talking about two assets which are making people a lot of money right now. And if you look at the... Uh, the overall demand trend going into 2016, the 2015 year was little changed. However, if you compare that to silver, silver experienced a record demand in terms of coinage. And if you uh, look at the two markets, we have often said gold leads silver in terms of the bull market, and then usually you see silver take over percentage-wise. So as we progress in the show, we're going to talk a little bit about those uh, gold demand trends, and we'll talk a little bit about that Goldman Sachs articles. Then we're going to talk about Chinese uh, buyers and central banks. We'll focus a little bit Mm -hmm. on that. So I encourage everybody to stick around. We'll tell you how to get into this market and how to buy more gold and silver from Guildhall Wealth Management. Pretty simple. We'll get to that after a short break. In the meantime, you can also use your registered savings plans, RSPs, TFSAs, RESPs, and more. The e-store is at the top right corner of the website. That website is guildhallwealth.com. The phone number anytime is one 877 silver Real Money Show continues. Talk radio, AM 640. And back with more of The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver guildhallwealthcom the website. You can use your registered funds, your uh, savings plans, RSPs, TFSAs, RESPs, Lyft, RIF, Lira, all those things. More details on the website, and as you listen to the show, we'll get to that as well as many different ways to invest. In physical metals, e-store, top right corner, is also another option which we'll explore in just a bit. you got an article that I sent you uh, right in front of you, Darren. From Gawker themselves, yep. called Five of Six Goldman Sachs Recommendations. For this year, already proven wrong. Good times. And uh, as much as I love to say that we have been right from time to time, made some very good predictions about the gold and silver market, there have certainly been our fair share of times in which we've been incorrect about the market. So when I look across the board, this is uh, certainly an indication that we're all human. But when it relates to Goldman Sachs, that's something you stand up and you listen to because what happened is on uh, Tuesday of this week, Goldman Sachs CEO Lloyd Blankfein revealed 
how deeply afraid he is of the current scary economic situation. Bloomberg reported that of the top six trades for 2016 at Goldman Sachs recommended to clients, five of them have already been abandoned due to losses. The first one was the dollar versus a basket of euro and yen. The second was yields on Italian bonds. That was a great call. That was a great call there. (laughs) Yields on Italian bonds versus their German counterpart. Incorrect there. U.S. inflation expectations. Uh, Goldman Sachs Group indicate Inks was wrong and all that and more. And Goldman Sachs was forced out of three of its top picks for the for the year last month, which is a bet on the large U.S. banks against the Standard and Poor's 500 index. And they also made a wager on 10-year break-evens and a call in the Mexican peso and Russian ruble strengthening versus the South African rand and Chilean peso. The latter closed on January 21st for a potential loss of 6.6%. So what does it tell us, John, as the article indicates, and I quote, you too can be a Wall Street forecaster. You just need confidence and nothing else. Well, it's like being a weatherman. You know, if you're a weatherman, you never get fired. Right. You know, there's a 50% chance it's going to rain, take an umbrella. If it doesn't rain, you're you're right. You're still right. You're right. You can never be wrong. And these guys keep on forecasting. You know, you have to look at history. History tends to repeat itself. Gold and silver been around since the beginning of time, it's always been real money. Um, it's always been hard cash. It's always held up through recessions and depressions and all types of other disasters. Gold and silver has always remained true. When you have paper currencies, fiat currencies, and when there is enormous amount of paper money printing, Japan is a great example, the U.S. I mean, the buying power of a U.S. dollar in a 100 years is actually depleted 98% in buying power. In seven years since Obama's been in power, and I'm not knocking him, I mean, you know, he took over as a president. It was, you know, the country wasn't doing very well, lots of unemployment, but he went from $6 trillion of debt, of debt, to $19 trillion in debt. That's a $13 trillion in seven years. He's doubled what it took 200 years to get to. He's done it in seven years. Now, what does a trillion dollars look like? Well, for anybody that has never even thought about it, let me try to give you an idea. We had the Super Bowl last Sunday. If you took that football field and took a pallet, a skid of $100 bills stacked, put another pallet on top and fill that football field, then put the White House at one end and put a 747 jet at the other end, that's a trillion dollars. Nice. So 19 trillion, that's a lot of wonga. That's a lot of money. Impossible to pay back. Impossible to pay back. The only way that the government can pay that back is collecting taxes. And if you're spending more than you're giving out, there's no way that you can do it. So the only answer is to print more money. And when you print more money, what you do is confiscate people's wealth. If you own hard assets, you know, it's very hard for the government to confiscate land. It's very hard for the government to confiscate gold or silver right now. It's practically impossible. If you keep that product, gold and silver, out of the banking system, you know, whether you go into an institution and you want to buy gold and silver and somebody offers you a certificate, a certificate, again, is paper. It's fiat currency. You need to own the physical product. Now, at Guildhall, that's what we offer. You can go to our e-store 
uh, go to guildhallwealth.com, right-hand corner. You can buy physical product, whether it's one-ounce bars of silver, maple leaves, 10-ounce, 100-ounce bars of silver. If you want to buy gold, you can buy gold maple leaves, one-ounce royal mint bars, 10-ounce bars, uh, and even kilo bars of gold. It's physical. You can take delivery. You can pick it up at our office. The other way to buy gold and silver is use our depository, which is safe, secure, segregated, allocated. We give you the bar numbers if you request it. It's very, very easy to own. And the great thing about having physical silver in the depository We've had a, rate, a rise in prices from silver basically from fourteen twenty from last week to fifteen, almost $16. Now, we've had clients that wanted to sell their product. They've sold the product on a phone call, and the check was either picked up or couriered or went in the mail to them. That's how easy and quick it is to sell gold and silver. So that's a second alternative. You don't really want to keep you know, product at home, uh, it's very dangerous. Your insurance policy will not cover more than about $1,500 on your home insurance. If you go to a bank and you want to put it in a safe deposit box, you know, you may get a box for $35 and you're able to put in a few bars of gold maybe, maybe a brick uh, of silver that weighs seven pounds. But if you buy a 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 ounces of silver, that's 70, 140 or 210 pounds of product you're going to need a pretty big box, and it's a bit heavy to just pull it out of the drawer. It's It would be silly. So the best thing to do is put it into a depository. The The rates for storing your product and insuring, insuring the product is round about one-tenth of one percent a month. That's on the value of the metal. So it's really, really inexpensive. It's insured with Lloyds of London. It's made so easy for you. The other opportunity that you have right now is if you have a TFSA and you haven't invested and you're over 26 years old, you've got as much as $46,000 Canadian to put into that account to buy gold and silver. Or if you, you know, you've got room in your RSP, what a wonderful way to take product if you... You know, the cost of doing it, I said, is about one-tenth of one percent a month to store. That means if silver or gold in the next four years, do you think it's going to go up five percent? Because that's going to cover your cost of storage. We've already had this month alone nine, ten percent increase in gold. Right now, savings accounts aren't aren't producing any wealth. You're looking at less than 1% return. So there's not a lot of alternative there in terms of safety and growing capital in any, in any ways. Everyone, of course, is going to be concerned with costs of doing business. We're, we're, we're always looking at our mutual funds and seeing that we're getting, paid, we're getting charged management fees, etc. And a lot of the times, we don't know what we're being charged. And then when we find out, we can be upset by that. At the end of the day, we have a choice to leave leave cash or capital laying around at gaining less than 1% or we can secure real capital, real assets in a vault and yes, it will cost about what you're getting in terms of in terms of a savings account right now. But what's the what's the the choice with the potential of silver and gold to rise much higher from here? It becomes easy to say, well, why don't I move some of that into into this type of portfolio? And we see that all the time in the RSP. We see people who are looking at their portfolio saying, I don't know if I want to be involved in the stock market anymore. It, you know, it's been going very strong for several years. Looks like things are starting to change. And like we said, with the counterparty risk of central banks propping up the propping up the stock markets or uh, banks in general, any any 
black swan event could drive the the market further lower from here. So TFSAs are very easy because it only takes 24 hours to fund. You can fund a TFSA very quickly, and then, of course, you don't have to worry about the capital gains that you make. So you can, if you haven't used that, you have up to 46000 plus to be able to put into a TFSA to hold precious metals and not have to worry about claiming capital gains. one eight seven seven eight silver and online to guildhallwealth.com. Well, I was looking around the world, too. is amazing to see how sentiment changes very quickly. And the transition from a bull market to a bear market can be a very violent one, as we saw in 2011. But as I'm sitting here talking to you, we may have already transitioned from a bear to a bull market in metals, and nobody's paying attention. So early to the game, these buyers who are seemingly going to look very astute in hindsight, as soon as we see the price of gold and silver rally here, may be part of something they don't even know is happening because the signs for a bull market are very covert and you're usually watching things that the normal people or average investors just don't see. We're watching for signs like central bank buying. We're watching for what other major currency holders around the world are doing. And if you look at the World Gold Council report from this week, you saw that central banks and Chinese buyers both helped to spur gold demand in 2015. China remained the world's biggest consumer of gold last year, and they were ahead of India with a lot of economic headwinds, which influenced the purchasing. They, uh, The WGC said in its annual gold demand trends report that the um, buyers in China were, were basically buying because they were looking for an insurance policy. That's essentially what they're saying, something to provide protection against the fall in their, their yuan uh, currency. So again, that's another indication that we're seeing other parts of the world use gold and silver as an insurance policy. But uh, not only that, we also that sent, saw that central banks' uh, demand was increasing in 2015 as they diversify their foreign currencies as well, and it reached uh, it, it. You know, most of their purchases last year were uh, certainly not made public, and if they were, it was only through their public reports that you had to dig for. These weren't headline reports yet. It accelerated. Central bank buying accelerated sharply in the second half of last year and jumped. in the fourth quarter from a year earlier. And that's just telling us that they have a need to diversify heavily. So that's when we're looking at these little indications. Those are the things that are telling us what's going on. So this week, central banks were buying the gold ETF, which is a, a, a great clue that what's happening in the market. Yes, the markets were closed in China because it's the year of the monkey and they take a, you know, a week annual holiday. Um, It could make some changes next week, next Monday, Tuesday, when everybody gets back to work in China. There may be, the market may come off, but it all uh, things look, all, everything is pointing to the market moving up. And this is just a great opportunity to own gold and silver. We've been talking about this for the last four years, how it's actually been sideways. Um, the stock market did extremely well because money was cheap. Uh, housing market went up because mortgage rates were also very, very low. This will change. As we can see with the stock market, it's starting to come off. Nothing goes up in a straight line, and this is good for gold and silver. Yellen yesterday said they look like they will not raise interest rates. They were supposed to do it four times this this year. It may not even happen till 2017, which is good for gold and silver. 
1877 silver online to guildhallwealth.com. As Jeremy mentioned a little earlier on, you can use some of your room. In fact, a lot of room in your registered savings plans, RSPs, TFSAs, RESPs, and more. You have the e-store at the top right corner. You can invest from the uh, click of a mouse on your own computer. We'll take a quick break and we get into uh, another thing that's an amazing investment here. We tout all the time in the show. That would be natural fancy colored diamonds. Lots more of The Real Money Show coming up. Talk Radio AM 640. The Real Money Show right here on Talk Radio AM 640, 1-877-8-SILVER. And for this portion, guildhalldiamonds.com. Jeremy, we love this part of the show where we talk about that other gem. In fact, it is a gem and an investment-grade gem, the natural fancy-colored diamond, yeah? Yes, and this is a market that doesn't receive as much ongoing content as precious metals, but every so often we do, we are keeping our eye on that. And uh, this just came out through Rappaport uh, today, actually, where it, it quotes, lower supply of diamond producers have led to a shortage of fancy yellow gems. Uh, quote, mining companies have effectively shut down a considerable portion of their rough diamond production, especially in Africa, around mid-2015, resulting in market shortages across color and size categories, as reflected in the index results. And we're talking about the color diamond in index, of course. And this comes from Jim Pounds, advisory board member to none other than the Fancy Color Research Foundation and senior vice president for diamond management in in Dominion Diamond Corporation. Now, what we're talking about here is that, uh, just uh, as an example, yellow diamonds uh, in the one percent, uh, one one carat size are up over one percent in in the last quarter. Uh, three three carat diamonds are up over two point seven, and diamonds that are over five carats are up over four percent. That's rough diamonds. Those are rough. This, as compared to white diamonds, uh, that show a very little increase. For example, 1.5 carat diamonds have increased 0.3%, and 3 carats fell 1%, and 5 carat diamonds declined by 2.8%. Yes. So this just goes to show that, as we discussed last week with Eden Rachmanoff, uh, chairman of the Fancy Color Diamond Research Foundation, that the supply of colored diamonds is a trickle, and the demand continues to grow. People are looking for ways to just protect their wealth. One of the big takeaways last week when we were talking about the retail segment is that major retail uh, luxury chains are more than happy to hold on to color diamonds because whether they sell within a year or two or three, the inventory is increasing in value. That's not the same as the white diamond inventory that they really have to turn over. So companies want to always are concerned with their bottom line, and it's nice to know you've got a product that's that's increasing in value. This is also goes back to central bank buying of gold and silver, in, in, or gold rather, in this respect of just having an asset that it can increase in value. So for anyone who has some capital that they can put aside for a longer period of time that they're not going to be using, this is a great way to increase that capital over time. It's it's money in the bank, as they say in the industry, where you can put it in the vault and let it accrue value over time. And the more you can invest, the better rarity you can buy, and the more rare a diamond, the better the return. So yellow diamonds, you could get involved in the market for anywhere in the $15,000 Canadian range, and you might see an increase in value every year from anywhere from 5 to as much as 8%. Now, if you were to double that investment and move up to an, an intense yellow, you might even see the market go as much as 12% increases in value. And if you move to a vivid, you would see even more. 
move up into pinks, move up into blues or reds, Mm -hmm. and you're going to see the market start to move at a much more rapid pace. Of course, you would need a, a more significant investment to get involved. But again, this is for someone who's looking to store capital for an extended period of time, and they would be able to just know that over time it's accruing value based on the rarity of this of this commodity. Well, one of the things that Aidan said that I don't know whether we had it in the interview or not, but we were talking to him, was that he would always take a diamond back for what he sold it for, which means they hold their value. You know, when a dealer turns around, and especially the president of the Colored Diamond Foundation turns around, Research Foundation, and says, I'm happy to take it back at the price, you know, you bought it, it's, he knows it's going up in value. Um, when you look at diamonds, the prices they're fetching at auction, they're fetching incredible amounts, but the amounts that are being created are by the dealers to collectors, to dealers, to the retail stores or clients that are looking for very, very high-end quality product. They are paying incredible prices to get natural fancy color diamonds. This morning I got an email from one of our largest Uh, distributors out in New York. He sent me, I think, about 20 GIAs, which is the Gemology Institute of America. That's the description of the diamond. It tells you everything about it. Not one of the diamonds was internally flawless. Every diamond was VS. Every diamond was SI1. We only sell in yellow diamonds at Guildhall as much as we possibly can is internally flawless, which means there's no internally flawless stones out there. I think we've got more internally flawless yellows up on our website than anybody in the world. That's some of my collection. It's some of the product that we've been collecting over the last three years. We don't put up everything on the website straight away as soon as we get it because, you know, we don't want to appear that, you know, there's an abundance of natural fancy color diamonds. There's not. The quality is there. I keep my product back because I can make 10, 12, 15% a year by just putting it in a safe, secure you know, vault, and I'm only going to make money, and this is what we're passing on to our customers. Even in the RSPs and TFSAs, I don't know how many people have come to the oven and said, can we put a diamond? In an yeah. I wish we could, but gold and silver you can because there's a price every day quoted for buying and selling. And then unfortunately, on natural fancy color diamonds, is between the buyer and the seller of the price that you strike. But it's still one of the best-kept secrets, and the prices keep on going up. There's less mines coming on. There's no mines coming on. So what better investment? You know, you have a great piece of art. That artist dies it can only go up in value because there is no more to produce the only thing you can produce produce is reproductions when you buy a natural fancy colored diamond you're buying an, an original piece of art i can remember back in 2011 i had a customer who uh, purchased a, an intense pink diamond it was under half a carat and it was in the low 20 range including taxes Wow. And today, that same diamond would be well over $40,000 Canadian, including taxes, probably getting close to the $50,000 range, or at least the mid-40s range. And that's a five-year investment. Now, that doesn't mean that the customer's looking to sell tomorrow, excuse me, but we can certainly now look at it and say, where is it going to be in five years? And so... This gives an indication of the type of growth that can happen in this market. The only downside is there's nothing to do. There's no roofs to fix. 
There's no heaters to change. Good, get it, forget there, it. There, there's no mm-hmm. toilets to plunge or dealing with <laughs> dealing with tenants. There's no mortgage. There's there there's no expenses year in year out mm-hmm. in terms of no lawyers fees. Exactly. No there, there's no there's no uh, there, there's Double none of this transfer. cost. Yeah. There's there's no <laughs> multiple things to sign. Yeah. Um, you just hold it and that's it. And and that's probably a paradigm shift that someone has to make in terms of okay, so I just put this in the safe and I just let it let it be. Yet there's a lot of people that don't want to look at the stock market or don't want to have to look at their investments. That's That makes Colored Diamonds perfect for them. If you do not want to look at an investment and not have to worry about it for 10, 15, 20 years, consider a natural fancy colored diamond or consider learning about a natural fancy colored diamond and what that could potentially do for your overall portfolio. The, the important thing is as well is if you're looking to retire, whether it's in 10 years, 15, 20 years down the road, whether you're looking to put your kids through university, Natural Fancy Color Diamond is, is the investment to make because it's going to increase in value. For example, we have right now, um, it's not, it hasn't gone on the website, but it will be going up on the website, a 0.41 fancy deep pink. It's almost a vivid in a VS quality. It's an emerald cut, which makes it even rarer. You're looking at around about $95,000 Canadian. Now that sounds like an awful lot of money, $95,000 for a 0.41 diamond, but that's the type of diamond that could easily be worth in five years, $175,000. In 10 years, $350,000. If that's the type of money you're looking to make and are happy to put it aside, be able to sell it down the road for incredible, incredible profits, a natural fancy color diamond, especially pinks. You know, from the fancy, from the Natural Fancy Color Diamond Research Foundation, pinks have gone up in the last 10 years. This is dealing with wholesalers, cutters, polishers, auction houses, an average of 361% have gone up in 10 years. Wouldn't you like to have a $100,000 stone that you know is going to be worth $360,000 in 10 years' time? This is what we can give you at Guildhall. We have stones right now, some Argyle, Argyle stones that are almost impossible to get in VS quality. The mine is closing in 2018. You know, you're looking at a 0.54 carat for around about $160,000. That's the type of stone that's going to be worth a million dollars in 10, 12 years' time. That's the way the prices have gone up. Jeremy said before, you know, four or five years ago, he sold a stone for $20,000. It's worth $40,000. I've sold Argyle pinks today which I sold for 100000 I can't buy for 300000 And I only sold them maybe six, seven years ago. Hmm. They are tremendous value as long as you buy the right product. And I always say something, and Jeremy always says, well, why do you keep saying that? But would you go and buy a Rolls Royce with a scratch and dent, a brand new one? The answer is no. You want something that's pristine, it's beautiful, and, and you can show off and is going to hold its value. And that's what's going to happen with a natural fancy colored diamond. Give us a call. As Jeremy said before, you can get in as low as fourteen, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000. It's a starter stone. If you want to bring that back to us in three, four years' time, you, you know, you've done a little better in, in life or even the value of the stones got up and you want to increase it or upgrade to something different, a little bit more expensive, we're happy to do that for you. We're never going to downgrade you. We're always going to upgrade you to make mm. you money. 
one eight seven seven eight silver and guildhalldiamonds.com in this case to take advantage and learn more about all what was said in this past segment. We've got lots more coming up here. We'll take a short break on The Real Money Show. Talk radio, AM640. The Real Money Show, one eight seven seven eight silver guildhallwealthcom Learn how to use some funds to uh, fill up with gold as well. We're talking about registered savings plans, RSPs, TFSA, RESP, LIF, RIF, Lira. All that can be had uh, by listening to this show, getting more information when the show is over at that phone number. You also have the e-store in the top right corner of the website to start investing from the comfort of your own home. Talking about precious metals now, Darren. Well, John, let me tell you, I was listening to that segment on colored diamonds. I get excited every time I hear it. And it is important to remember it's only part of one piece of the puzzle. The other part of what we talk about is gold and silver. And as we mentioned in the first segment, this is potentially the last time we see these lower price ranges. We feel fairly confident that this is certainly an indication of what we're going to see coming in the near future. You've got a lot of technical indicators telling us that this is a near bottom uh, range and that we are certainly turning a new page over into a bull market that could uh, sustain itself. And of course, we do start to throw technicals out the window. We've seen markets stay overbought, especially in silver and gold, for months on end. And it would not surprise me as it's as we saw in 2011, 2008, 2006, 2004, during this, uh, this larger secular bull market, a rally up towards whatever part of the end of this year or into spring of this year or into next year, uh, that would conclude with a new all-time historical high in the price of silver. We've been waiting patiently for a number of years since the last peak in 2011. And at that time, we were lucky enough to be invested in a market which took the price of silver to $49 an ounce and the price of gold to $1,923 an ounce. So while we talk to, uh, while we talk to each individual investor coming to our firm using the options that we have available to them, the overall picture is the same. You're seeing weakness in other markets around the world. You're seeing uncertainty about where to place your money. And we should spend a few minutes talking about the difference between gold and silver during a bull market. And again, I'll use an article from a colleague of mine named Stephen Seville written on Seeking Alpha. And of course, he quotes in this article, or I quote him in this article saying, a popular view is that silver outperforms gold during bull markets for these metals. But that's only true if the entire bull market is considered. That is, it's true that silver has in the past achieved a greater percentage gain than gold from bull market start to bull market end. However, since the birth of the current monetary system, the early stages of gold-silver bull markets have always been characterized by relative weakness in silver. And as we said earlier in the show, gold leads the way. On any bull movement forward, you typically see gold stocks followed by gold price, and then you start to see silver play catch up. And in most regards, or in most cases, it surpasses gold on a percentage basis. And if you look back at the silver-gold ratio, when we were doing this show about a month ago, that ratio was touching close to around, give or take, 80 to 1. And right now, that ratio is closer to 79. So that means that despite this early move in the market, as we said, silver remains relatively weak against gold. So even though you've seen silver travel up from $14 up into the 15 range, this is still the moment where you can start a good at a good buying range. And 
I want to add to that, Darren, because just talking about the fact that gold, silver is more undervalued against gold and gold is undervalued against the currencies and the debt, you can see that gold in Canadian dollars over the last five years, so going back to 2011, is up 22%. In the last year, it's up 7%, six months, 15%, and in the last 30 days, it's up uh, just under 7%. Now, if we move to silver on that same uh, same example you see that in the last 30 days, yes, silver's up about 7% as well as gold. But when we move out to a five-year example, we see that silver's actually down down in Canadian dollars uh, just under 30%. So what that means is when, when both of the metals came down off of their highs in 2011, when we were trading at par or very close to par on the exchange rates, silver fell further than gold did. If you held gold through that period, you're still doing quite well. Moving forward, of course, precious metals are going to move, in my opinion, a lot against, there's going to be multiple factors, but a lot of it's going to have to do with weakness in the U.S. dollar. And as the U.S. dollar starts to weaken, gold is going to start to move, and then silver is going to start to play catch up. And one of the reasons for that is that it is a much smaller market. And so you've got as many people buying silver as you have gold. That means you're buying 80 ounces for every, or 79 ounces today for every ounce of gold, you're buying that much more silver up all the time, it's going gonna, it's gonna to help drive the market further. So we see that on downswings, silver will, will fall further, but on the upswings, it will climb further. So if you're looking for a steady investment, as we were talking about gold for your golden years, you can see that over the last five years in Canadian dollars, regardless of the exchange rate, gold has done its job. It's up 22% in five years. That's pretty good. But we're at the bottom of the market, so it's got a lot further to go here. And silver right now being undervalued, if you're looking for something that's really undervalued, $23 Canadian is very much, in my opinion, very much undervalued. And if we look at the ratio of 79 to 1, that gives us that indication even further. Again, this comes on the heels of what has been a tremendously busy week so far for Guildhall. And we would be remiss if we didn't welcome all the new investors to the marketplace because this has been uh, something where you slowly start to see the tides turn measured by sentiment. And sentiment is as simple as you going to the next 10 houses closest to you and saying, hey, guys, how's your gold doing? And right now, if you did that and walked up to 10 of your neighbors, they'd probably say, we know about gold, we've heard about gold, but we don't own any gold. And that's completely indicative of a market which has never hit a top, which has low sentiment, and which is presenting excellent value right now. And let's remind our listeners that there are four major fundamentals at work in the behind the scenes part of this macro market. One is the US dollar value relative to the rest of the world. And as it weakens, gold strengthens. As it increases in strength, gold weakens. So it has a a correlated value to uh, gold and silver. Number two is the threat of inflation. If we fear that there could be an oncoming storm of inflation anywhere in the major developed world, then you're going to see gold prices, at least regionally, if not throughout the world, start to rise against that fear in order to protect purchase value. The third thing that we look at in terms of major fundamentals are the geopolitical instabilities around the world. You have numerous regions that are at war right now. You have numerous regions that economically are fighting back and forth or have sanctions against them. 
these present reasons locally for whole countries to invest in gold. And as I reported in the last segment, the World Gold Council released their 2015 uh, gold update. And what it told us was essentially that you are seeing central banks become heavy buyers once again in the gold market. So that is the third thing that's driving this market higher. And the fourth is supply and demand. And Jeremy, we were talking just a short while ago about how uh, supply and demand has changed and it's done so in a relatively quick period of time. If we just look at silver alone, the last time we saw a major bull market in the 70s, there were about three and a half to four billion ounces of silver above the ground. In 2015, that three and a half to four billion has not become five or six like gold. It's become less than one billion. In fact, some analysts will say it's less than 500 million ounces available at any one given time. We're bringing new product to market, but 80% of that is coming as a result of what we mine out of the ground in the form of gold or copper, zed, a link, a zinc or lead. <laughs> I'll get that right. One of those minerals. Yeah, yeah zed and link. Yeah. But right. the, the other thing is, is just like oil, because the prices have been consolidating over the last three, four years at lower prices, production has started to fall. It started to hit the mining sector, and we've seen that gold and silver production is down, especially in North America, over 20% in 2015. And so what that means is moving forward, prices are going to have to rise. Before the mining operations start to kick into gear, it's going to take some time. So you're looking at the potential of shortages, and we've already seen shortages in silver while the prices have been lower. But I want to get back to gold for a second, if I may, because I'm a very strong proponent. I'm not a financial advisor, but I'm a very strong proponent of gold for the long term. If you look at gold in Canadian dollars over the last 15 years, you've seen gold go from $400 an ounce to right now trading over $1,600 an ounce Canadian. If you move to, a, for example, the U.S. dollar, you've seen it go from below $500 an ounce to as much as $1,200 an ounce today, and that's over a 15-year period. What if you're living in, in Europe? You would have been able to buy gold for less than $400 an ounce 15 years ago, and today it's trading over $1,100 an ounce. This is just going to show that all around the globe, it's important to have gold as part of your portfolio, as the foundation of your portfolio. Look at Brazil. 15 years ago, you would have been buying it for, for less than 1,000 uh, Brazil dollars. Today, it's close to 5,000 Brazil dollars, which I believe is the real. Is that right? Yes. Nice. So, um, thank you. Thank you. The so the point I'm making is look at all currencies. The fact is, is gold is a protection against the devaluation of currencies. It's one of the the, the pivot points here is the fundamental. You want to protect yourself against declining currencies, and that's what gold does for your portfolio. Listen, we have only a few minutes left in today's show. I want to remind everybody that as the weather gets colder, it's important to think of those who have or are less fortunate. Take some time out of your day to get to your local food bank. Supply them with the food they need. Take some blanketing. Whatever you can afford to give to those less fortunate, it's an important time of year to take care of those that are in need. And on these cold nights as we come into this weekend, please think of those that are a little more in need. 
And we'll take it from there, guys. Until next week, the number is always one eight seven seven eight silver online to guildhallwealth.com. Learn how you can use the e-store to invest from home and use your uh, registered funds as well, RSPs, TFSAs, RESPs, LIF, RIF, Lira, and so many more as the guys can uh, inv- educate you in any regard when it comes to that as well. This has been another edition of The Real Money Show right here on Talk Radio AM 640.